Hey, all you nostalgic witnesses. Welcome to 9021 Here We Go, the podcast that takes a look at each episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 franchise from Fox to the CW. One of us is a 9021 expert and the other is a 9021 novice. I'm Kendra Michaels and I'm seeing these episodes for the first time. I'm Nick Gunning and I've seen them all. Our show is brought to you by the Radio Meanwhile Network. Other shows on the network include This and Dorian Life, 90s Music Got Me Like, and previously on X-Men. Share your thoughts on this and upcoming episodes by following us on Facebook or Twitter at Here We Go Pod. And please rate, subscribe, and share the show wherever you get your podcasts. I feel bad because we said that everybody on Facebook was a grandma. And we do have listeners who are on Facebook. So <laughs> I'm on Facebook. I'm not a I'm grandma. I'm on Facebook too. Well, I'm not a grandma. So yes, apologies to our Facebook listeners. You're you not or maybe apologize. maybe you are a grandma, but if you are a grandma, be proud of your grandmaness. <laughs> if you're not, keep following us on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Today we're discussing season six, episode thirteen, courting. Courting courting it's it's like a triple it's a triple meaning because they're in court yes she's got the rose court thing yes yes and she and joe are courting joe is courting her you could say yes i think you could i think you could say that yes and jody on twitter pointed that out because we were thinking it was a courting situation i wasn't even thinking about rose court (laughs) i didn't think about the rose court either so yeah i try not to but it keeps coming keeps coming back (laughs) All right, let's crack open the Condor. Condor is committed to professional standards and professional ethics. The weak need not apply. Kaka! Kaka! This episode aired on November 29th, 1995. A couple of birthdays, November 29th, Laura Moreno, best known for her role in the Disney Channel series Austin and Allie, was born. How does that land for you and your Disney Channel aficionado? That is that is uh, after my Post. Disney Channel time. Post Disney Channel time. Yes, got it, got it. For okay. me. <laughs> and December 6th, Lindsay Price, who plays Janet in the later years, turned 19. Couple of movies. December 3rd, the Bye Bye Birdie remake starring Jason Alexander and Vanessa Williams debuted. That's a weird one. Have you seen that one? Is Was it a TV movie? I think it was a TV movie. Like Tyne Daly is the mom and George Went is Mr. McAfee. Hmm. China Phillips is Kim McAfee. I have not. It's a crazy cast. It's weird. I like it. It's fine. Yeah. Jason Alexander. That's fun. The thing with that movie is the Dick Van Dyke movie is so different from the play. Mm. And this is really faithful to the play and even adds and expands some songs. So it's kind of like if you're looking for what the play is, that's closer. But it doesn't have Dick Van Dyke in it. So is it really worth it is my question. (laughs) Only time will tell. And December 8th, Father of the Bride Part 2, starring Steve Martin, Diane Keaton, and Martin Short hit theaters. They all came back for Part 2. A whole crew. Did did you like that movie? I don't think I've seen the second one. Okay. I've seen the first one. That's where Diane Keaton is also pregnant. Oh, that's right. They're both pregnant. Yes. So this is based on an old, like, Spencer Tracy, Elizabeth Taylor movie, Father of the Bride. And then there was a sequel called Father's Little Dividend, but the mother did not get pregnant in that <laughs> in that sequel, like, in the 40s or 50s, whatever it was, because I believe that would have been scandalous. So, <laughs> And at time I, of recording, there's a Father of the Bride show that just came out. Really? Yeah. Well, now I've got to oh. look. Well, they also did, sure like, show. during the height of the pandemic, they did a little Father of the Bride Part 3 mini-episode which was pretty cool with the original oh. cast all came back. Kendra, was I was in the stage version of Father of the Bride like 65 times. And I directed a college version of <laughs> Father did. of the Bride. 
You did. A lot um, of history. So I, I misspoke. It's not a show. It's a movie. A new Father of the Bride movie just came out. Really? S- yes. Starring Andy Garcia and oh. Gloria Estefan. Oh, there you, you go. Lost me, you lost me with Andy Garcia and I was kind of back in on Gloria Estefan. So, <laughs> Well, they're both in it. So okay. go check that out on HBO Max. Maybe I will. TV, December 9th, the Ace Ventura animated series debuted on CBS and would run for 41 episodes. Alrighty then. <laughs> my husband complimented my Ace Ventura impression. Oh, really? He, he didn't know I had that in me. So I, I feel, feel pretty like good about that. My favorite non sequitur Ace Ventura quote is, had I been drinking from the toilet, I might have been killed. <laughs> I, like, I like that one a lot. It's a good one. Uh, Music. December 5th, Pearl Jam released their EP, Merkin Ball, a collaboration with Neil Young. You guys just did a Pearl Jam episode. We did on 90s Music Got Me Like. We talked about Evenflow. So go check that out. Okay. December 5th, Enya released her album, Memory of Trees. It charted as it's the most Enya title ever. Yeah. <laughs> it charted yeah. at number five in the UK and number nine in the US. Okay. How you is your, what's your history? Enya. What's your history? Oh, so you got a positive history. Well, I really got into Enya. Well, I didn't get into Enya. I became aware of who Enya was when she did the uh, song May It Be. Uh, is that the that end sense. of the first Lord of the Rings? That right? makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I love that song. So. Oh, yeah. No, I've seen the boxes of Lord of the Rings memorabilia that you still have from that time. So I know. Oh, yeah. I know. (laughs) And I'm sure there's a nostalgia me this about Lord of the Rings. Come on. There There is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Video games. December 1st. Time Crisis by Namco. Hit arcades. Time Crisis to this day is my go to arcade game. I love them all. One, two, three, four. There's probably more than that. (laughs) Time Crisis 3, I feel like, was the one where when I was in like high school, we used to have an arcade in the mall. Do you remember malls, Kendra? That was like where a bunch I of do. stores were inside yeah. and you could go and mm-hmm. spend the day there, I throw like, coins in. I like a good mall. There was a there was an arcade called Aladdin's Castle, and we would go there and play all the time. And one time, my friend and I got kicked out for scooping quarters out of the fountain so we could beat Time Crisis 3. True story. No regrets. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do. No know? regrets. I mean, I figured they're staying in the mall, right? Like you so got like kicked out of the whole door. mall or just yeah, the arcade? Yeah, they were like, you got to stop. You got to stop. Get out of the fountain. And we weren't in the fountain. We were just reaching and grabbing right. quarters. right. Who throws quarters in a fountain? Yeah, people. That's a penny game. That's a penny game all day, baby. You don't throw quarters in there. You throw them in Aladdin's Castle arcade game. <laughs> the millionaires that are coming to the mall are just yeah. throwing away Oh, here quarters. you go. Yeah, there's $50 bills in there. So. <laughs> also, yeah. on December 1st, Mega Man X3 hit the Super Nintendo. Not played the Mega Man X titles. I haven't gotten to those. I haven't played a second of Mega Man, but I know no Mega so Man much Mega okay. Man music. It's, I bet you do. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And December 9th, Warcraft 2, Tides of Darkness by Blizzard <laughs> Entertainment arrived on I'm the sure, PC. I'm sure you've been around some World of Warcraft in your days. Kendra. I have. I've yeah. unfortunately seen the movie. So. Oh, wow. So you're the one. Okay. I knew someone had. I'd heard that, that someone had watched it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. One other thing. December 7th, the Galileo space probe entered Jupiter's orbit, making it the first spacecraft to orbit an outer planet. It, it was intentionally destroyed on in 2003 and replaced by the Juno space probe in 2016. Wow. Space. The final frontier. Final frontier. <laughs> it's great. Oh, yeah. 
All right, Nick, take us beyond the zip code. Okay. Joey McIntyre, who plays Rand Gunn in the CW 90210 era, is better known as a member of one of the most popular boy bands of all time, New Kids on the Block. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I've heard oh, of them. Oh, oh. oh. Now, Nick, Kendra, you just saw New Kids on the Block, correct? I did. <laughs> I did, yes. And I still, I'm lobbying to be a guest on 90s Music Got Me Like, so we can talk about this in its, in its <laughs> fullest. But I'm just going to tell you, it was woefully undersold, this concert. It was a huge arena, huge. Like, it's where we saw McCartney, stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And so it was way undersold. So we got the cheap seats. We were up, like, at the very top. Uh, and they were like, yeah, we're closing the whole 300, not enough people. And so we got in this line and they were like, I don't know, where do you want to sit? You want to sit on the floor? <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> How close yeah. do you want to be? So, so then we just had these amazing seats and it was a mixtape tour. So it was Salt and Pepper, it was En Vogue, Rick Astley and New Kids on the Block. And it was one of the most fun concerts I've ever been to because they just leaned so hard in it. And you've been you know? to a lot of concerts. So that's it saying was, something. Well, we saw Imagine Dragons together. Remember how that one was just like, you know, the dual stages and yep. things falling from the sky and just like the concert was very well produced. Are New Kids in the Block good at singing or being a band? Not really. <laughs> Not really. But, you know, uh, I feel like I'm more of a New Kids fan having seen the concert than I was prior to seeing it. So it was a good time. That's how it was I a good felt time about Brian. Yeah, yeah, Brian Adams. Brian Adams. Yeah. I was a bigger I'm Brian Adams concerned. fan after we... Sa was... Same amount of fan for Billy Idol, but okay. more of okay. a Brian Adams Got fan. Got it. Yeah. They did some nice, like, you know, one group would finish and the next one would come out and they'd kind of sing together. So, like, Salt and Peppa and En Vogue did What a Man together. Oh, which that's was cool. Fun. And, like, then Donnie Wahlberg came and did a Salt and Pepper song. And then they all had, like, sort of a mega mix at the end. And, you know, it was just, it was a cool, fun concert. And it was me and, like, 50 other people. What did Rick Astley sing besides Never Gonna Give You yeah, Up? Yeah. He, he sang, um, oh, the one that's like, It Takes a Strong, Strong Man. Have you ever heard that one? And uh, Together Forever. So. Together Forever, everybody got really excited about. And when you listen to it, it's the exact same chord structure as Never Gonna Give You Up. <laughs> it's like you could just sing the songs interchangeably. Yeah. And people if were it like, ain't oh, broke, no. don't fix it. It's the other one. It's the other one. So no complaints. <laughs> yeah. No complaints. Awesome. It's a good time all around. Well, yep. if the mixtape tour is coming to your city, perhaps. Uh... Yeah, I recommend it. Yeah, we upgraded our seats when we went with your wife to see um, Alanis Morissette. Yeah, that right. Was yeah. an excellent decision. We did not yeah. know that was a thing you could do. Just like when you get to a venue, go and see if you can upgrade your seat for cheaper. Yeah, yeah. It's a thing. So. That's a good deal. Well, honestly, our seats were dirt cheap, and then we had like the best seats in the house. So it was uh, <laughs> That's pretty awesome. pretty good day. Pretty good day at the old Key Bank Center. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's look at our synopsis for courting. Joe gets his day in court, and the case is decided unexpectedly. Plus, Donna reaches the final stages of the Rose Court. Court, Val court, court, court. <laughs> court, yeah. yeah. Everybody's yeah. in court. Yep. Valerie yep. drops the bomb on Colin that Kelly and Brandon spent the night together over Thanksgiving. They rascal. didn't do anything, Nick. Well, they did some stuff. It's, but... it's fine. She's just walking around in his t-shirt, and that's all. <laughs> all right, Nick, who's living in Beverly Hills? Today's episode was written by John Eisendrath, directed by Gilbert Shilton. Kendra, 
This is the final series regular appearance of Jamie Walter as Ray Pruitt. We did it. What a journey. We made it, everybody. Good what work. a journey that we were on. And we've been talking about this nonstop for, I want to say, years at this point. Like, what were they doing? So I want to give a special shout out over on Twitter to at AC underscore, underscore stone underscore who sent an article that is an interview with Larry Mullen, who was a producer uh, on teamdramahore.com. And he talks a little bit about this. Uh, yeah, it's a great name, isn't it? He talks a little bit about this uh, whole like Jamie Walters fiasco and, and Larry Mullen in the article listed as like one of his big regrets and said that it just kind of came down from on high from Aaron Spelling that was like, this makes the Donna character look stupid. So like, get him out of here. And so while they had a plan for like rehabilitation and like seeing him through to the other side, it was just kind of like, you got to get him out. And so mm. that's what we got. I feel like that is a little bit of a clarification, but the tee up to this has been like 50 episodes. So, so not long. all of that. Yeah. Not all of that can be a result. of. And like in the, in the process, they haven't made Donna look any better. Like, no, They've, I know I think they've made her look I don't know yeah I think they've made her look like a weak well, person who needs uh, men to yeah. you know yeah, what, do everything what, for her of course what would she have done had Joe not been there is yeah. basically the, the whole premise and everyone is like oh this is gonna be so humiliating for Donna and Donna feels so bad that she got Joe into this position mm -hmm. I don't know if this is their attempt to fix it and make Donna look better and make Ray look worse like it's not working no so. doesn't work at all Anyway, I shared the full uh, article link over on our Twitter page. So you can you can read that, the whole interview with Larry Mullen. He doesn't sound like a fun dude. That was my takeaway <laughs> okay. from, from the article. Larry again, Mullen doesn't sound like a Larry fun dude. Larry Mullen okay. doesn't sound like a fun dude. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. No more. We'll, we'll see what the credits look like next week. They keep snipping people out. So I know. <laughs> Returning players include Michael Durrell as John Martin, Catherine Cannon as Felice Martin, and Tenby Locke as Lisa Dixon. This is our final appearance of Carolyn McWilliams as Luann Pruitt. Not much to do, but I was glad she was there. Yeah, it you made know. sense that she was there. It did. And this was the first and only appearance in season six. So we haven't got a lot from this character in a long time. So that's a wrap on her eight episodes. Final appearance of John Walcott as Bruce Paxton. Lilani Jones as the DA. Final appearance of William Forward as the tournament president. So he played a character named Richard Cohen in a 1990 episode, and we've seen him once before this as the tournament president. He would go on to recur as Judge Toretta on Melrose Place, but is probably best known for Babylon 5, which I haven't seen because it looks bad. Yeah, I haven't either. I want to want to, but I don't want to. <laughs> There's just uh, so Brian, much else out there. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. Brian Byers is here as a reporter. We talked about him back in earthquake weather because he was a medic. And I was like, we're going to see him again with a different uh. career. So his, this is only two appearance on the show. He's gone forever. Maureen McKay is here as a reporter. She played a bit part in a 1991 episode. But I thought it was interesting when I looked into her background a little bit because she played Michelle Assette in the Canadian teen drama Degrassi High. Have you watched any of the Degrassi shows? I loved Degrassi the next gen was it the next oh, generation the one with Worf yeah I yeah right. <laughs> yeah 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 Worf in high school uh yeah. no no I did I did really like I it must protest. <laughs> I did really like that show okay well there you go cool new new recurring player well well, well. Bill Chafin is here as the bailiff and he's going to be a SWAT officer later in season seven I say same guy. Yeah. You know, he all law enforcement work. He got a career opportunity. He took it. So I call him a recurring player. These are his only acting credits. 
We have Charlotte Stewart as Mary Ellen Bradley, Joe's mom. This is her only appearance. I felt like we saw her more. Maybe I'm making that up. Hmm. Maybe it's recast. I don't know. But Charlotte Stewart's only here once. Best known for playing Eva Beetle on Little House on the Prairie. Do you know who else was a regular on Little House on the Prairie? You. Shannon Doherty. <laughs> Shannon Doherty. Oh. I know. I was not in Little House on the Prairie. You're thinking of Jason Bateman. <laughs> uh, she also recurred on Coach and as Betty Briggs in Twin Peaks. Where are you with Twin Peaks? You watch Twin Peaks? It's on the list. Okay. I, I go back and forth. Yeah. Whatever I watched I watch a bunch it. of it back in the day and I never went the distance on it. We have, I included this purely because I wanted to say the name, Alan Fudge. <laughs> Alan Fudge, ladies and gentlemen, because remember, Professor Finley was Alan Toy, mm. and now we got Alan Fudge. Hmm. So, Fun. he sounds like characters from like a Grimm's fairy tale, but whatever. <laughs> Alan Fudge is here as Judge Abner Stanton, which really isn't that much better Mm-mm. than Alan Fudge. So, his career began in a 1972 episode of Gunsmoke, and his final on screen credit was as Alan Brand. In the office episode, shareholder meeting. Ah, yes, that's a good one. They're all, I mean, they're all good, but that is a good one. Now, I'm going to be nice about this one and say that she was young, but we have (laughs) a one-off appearance. Uh, Megan Lee Braley has her one and only credit here as Erin Silver. She never does any acting again. I would argue she didn't do any acting in this episode, (laughs) and this is also the only time she ever plays. Poor kid. Poor kid. I know. Bless her heart, cute kid. Bless I don't know what I don't know what they were thinking. I I don't either. It's like they just there was a kid standing in a hallway and they pulled her in and said, "This is Jenny. You'll be doing a scene with her." And <laughs> yeah. Roll, roll. Yeah, it it did seem like she didn't quite understand her her motivation as an yeah. as an actress she was that she was on a TV show. Yeah, it was how it to was throw weird. a temper tantrum. <laughs> it's funny. I know how to drown in a bathtub. Uh, it's funny because it's probably the most Aaron ever had to do. Mm. And I just don't understand. Certainly there are cute little blonde girls out there. Yeah. You know, yeah. who could have said their lines and looked in the right direction when people were speaking to her. But <laughs> with a little like charisma, <laughs> with a li- <laughs> just a little bit of it, a little bit of it. But, you know, the cold, unfocused detachment that Megan Lee Braley brought to the Aaron Silver role. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so mean. That's so mean. That's but so mean. but accurate. But so accurate. Mean. I'm sure she's lovely. I'm sure she had a terrible time. I'm sure her parents made her do it. It's yeah. not her fault. Yep. It's not her fault. Yeah. I wish her all the best, but not a good showing here. No. <laughs> all right. <laughs> let's, let's get into the episode. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I was laughing because you were taking a drink, and then I was laughing, and yeah. Anyway. Well, thank you for explaining. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We start at the Peach Pit where Kelly, Colin, and Aaron are getting some food. And we learn yeah. that Colin is going to be babysitting Aaron because everyone else is going to be in court for the day. Yeah. Including David. Because that was my first thought. I was like, why isn't David watching her? David's yeah. also going to court. Yeah. And David has some dialogue where he's like, maybe I should be watching Aaron. And Valerie's like, nah. <laughs> Colin's this got guy, this. This guy we don't know watch her. Yeah, I felt like at least David should have been watching the kid. I don't really understand the purpose of having Aaron there at all, other than to sort of resolve things with Colin and Kelly. Yeah, it I, it, it is like really... an added thing that's like, why? But yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of the like we were looking at other synopsis for the episode, you know, on different sites, and a lot of them were like, Kelly sees a new side to Colin, and I didn't really think that was part of it. Did you? 
No, I mean, she, I guess she does. Like, she's yeah. really worried about him taking yeah. care of Aaron, and then he ends up being good at it, I guess. Yeah. She's used to him being a moody uh, artist and a prostitute, but I think seeing him as, uh, you know, a gentle caregiver is different. Different so. than a prostitute, yeah. 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 Susan and Brandon arrive to get some food to take back to the news office, and they're, you know, all kissy and lovey, which Valerie... Uh, notices and mentions to David, uh, while the cat's away, the mice will cheat. Will cheat, yeah. That classic saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she she thinks, you know, she's like, I saw Kelly in just Brandon's shirt. They definitely spent the night together. And David's yeah. like, maybe you should just not say anything. Yeah. yeah. But she can't help it. Right. Can't. She doesn't mean anything by it kind of funny i mean given the given what we're talking about here like this exact same thing happened only they really did it with valerie and ray and david seeing them yes and like the hornet's nest that everything happened there that seems like an obvious like connection to make but they don't make that connection so yeah david could have been like i but i feel like in that case david would have been like well take it from me you should definitely tell yeah right right he doesn't he says just leave it alone no, it, there's a lot of things in this episode. I, I don't know. We'll get to it when we get to it. But I felt like there was a lot of places where I was like, well, this is really relevant to yeah. these characters. And we're not. And this was like number one of those. At the Rose Court house, Donna is saying goodbye to all the other court members. They're yeah. off to somewhere. I didn't write it down. Some vacation thing. Yeah, And... Lisa's saying it's a bummer that you can't come because like the next three days are when they're probably going to pick the queen of right. the of the court right. because based on what they see. And Donna's like, yeah, it's a bummer, but I have to be here. I've been subpoenaed. Yeah, but she also, I don't know if it's here, but somewhere around here she says, well, I got Joe into this mess. The least I can do is see him through it. And I'm like, lady, writers... <laughs> No, she didn't. No, she didn't. No, Joe she did, not. did. Joe is in, yeah. responsible for his own actions. Exactly. As is Ray. Nope. Ray is the one who started the situation. Joe is the one who chose to intervene in the way he did. Donna is a victim in all of it. Mm-hmm. Like it, I just feel like the messaging of that is just insane, and it's weird. And to they me. double down on it in this episode. They really do. It's not they like that. You know, it was a throwaway line and another thing. It's like they double yeah. down on it. And I wonder, I mean, that must just be, it must just be the difference, you know, that 30 years makes or whatever, because like for us, I think it's glaringly obvious that they're really kind of like victim blaming. Yeah. Whether they're saying it or not, it's like, oh, this thing that Donna is a part of the shame that reflects on her is just, it's weird. And you're right. It is a consistent theme throughout this whole arc, but it's particularly this episode. Yeah. So at the... City Hall, the courthouse, the yeah. gang arrives. Nick, did you recognize this building? No, I didn't. And you even told me to write down what the building was. And I, did. I didn't do I it. wrote it down. I Don't worry do about Thank it. Thank you. I appreciate it. So they show the outside. And as soon as they showed it, I was uh-huh. like, I know this building. This uh-huh. is the City Hall from Parks and Rec. Because yes. I have seen Parks and Rec, you know, a million times. They yeah. show the outside of it. At least twice yeah. every episode. Oh, for sure, for so sure. I looked it up just to make sure. And indeed, it is the same building. This is the Pasadena City Hall, which has been used for many things, not just Parks oh. and Rec and okay. 90210. So there you go. Nice. If you recognized nice. it as well, that's what you recognized I, it from. I actually didn't. And like you had geared me up 
what is the word? What do you say keyed? there? Keyed up? Keyed, I guess. Geared anyway, up. That you, could work. You told, me, you told me that, and it happened, and I just missed it entirely. So, Well, that's why I'm no, a better no. podcaster than you. I, <laughs> it's Yeah, it's a concrete example. <laughs> so uh, everyone, you know, they're walking into the court. Brandon is a regular Clark Kent in this episode, but he's got, yes. but with a laptop instead of a, a notebook and Yeah, and, and no pencil. glasses. I yeah, and no glasses, thing. sure. Did they're both reporters is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, they're both reporters. They're both reporters. <laughs> um, so he's already in the courtroom working on, you know, typing up his article. That's a pretty I feel like this is the first time we've seen someone with a portable laptop. Is that true? Oh. Like maybe. I feel like it was a big deal when they were sending emails from the desktop in the Walsh right. house. Yeah, so, in the wall, right in the counter there. I don't know. It stood out to me. I don't know if we've seen them with mm. laptops in school you know what? before. I'm pretty sure that Dylan was writing on one when they were doing was he? the uh, okay. screenplay. Or either that or remember when he was writing a, a memoir But he, did, he did a typewriter, too. He liked to use his oh, typewriter. Right. You're right. Well, it could be. Let's say it's an early use. Okay. How about that? How about that? <laughs> Let's agree on that. That battery was like 120 degrees Fahrenheit and lasted <laughs> for 25 minutes. Tops. <laughs> we learned that Joe asked for a jury. I guess he he wanted it to be yeah a juried uh, yeah. case okay and they I mean they're just getting hounded by reporters as they walk in um are they're trying to like ask the lawyers questions I would this be that big of a deal <laughs> I know yeah it's so mild like I wish was... he had actually hurt Ray instead of just sprained his wrist I, know. I wish he had broken his arm like yeah, that would have. Wish... Yeah, I don't know. I agree. It's not agree. a big enough deal. I feel like the college would have set. They would have settled it at the college. I, don't I know. think they probably would have too. Yeah, and it's like if, yeah, I mean, you just you're, what you're saying. If there had been a tussle and Ray would have like fallen, and you know, not like Joe just like snapping his arm like a twig, but <laughs> if something in that would have happened, it would have made this have more stakes. But here, it's just like really, <laughs> you did it. You went through a jury process in yeah. this. Okay. So it must be a slow news week, I guess. I guess, yeah. Well, the lawyers are saying, you know, this is going to be easy. We're going to, you know, offer him a plea deal. He'll get some community service. I don't know. Whatever he'll get. Yeah. And yeah. and it'll be fine. But then Joe says no. He doesn't want to take a deal. Yeah. He He's not guilty. And he wants to, to prove that. Yeah. This is where Donna says that she wished that she had lied in the deposition because mm. then they wouldn't have had to go through with all this. Right. Yeah. And, and he's like, I never want you to lie for me, baby. <laughs> yeah. Joe's mom says we take or he says we take care of the details and let God take care of the big picture. Inside the court, Kelly and Brandon are sitting next to each other and talking about the article he's writing and Valerie notices them sitting together and leans over to David and is like, see, you see what I'm mm -hmm. talking about? Mm -hmm. He again tells her to stay out of it, but she says, Colin's my friend. I, you know, I need to tell yeah. him. And he says, well, Kelly's my stepsister. So how about you bet out? <laughs> nice. I like that little family touch there. Whenever they pull that back in outside of the courtroom, Ray and Luann show up right as Donna, Joe, and Joe's mom show up and they kind of have a little face off yeah. in the hallway. Yep. Felice then arrives. Uh, John couldn't make it. He uh, had a surgery to do or something. Maybe on a prominent football star. I'm, I'm sure he'll tell Donna all about it. <laughs> 
Kelly wishes Joe good luck, and then she goes to call Colin just to check in and make sure that everything's going all right with Aaron. Aaron and Colin are at the park painting. Which is crazy. He's like babysitting this kid he doesn't know, and he's not like at their house with like a TV and all sorts of options. They're just like waiting outside the courtroom until court is dismissed. (laughs) Rookie. This is rookie stuff right here. You don't want to be in that position. You need the iPad. You need the Cocoa Melon. I'm just saying, you yeah, you need snacks, you need options. It's too much. It's too much to just be like, yeah, we'll just sit in this park for one to seven hours, depending. Well, they seem to be having fun. They're like splashing paint all over their canvases and, you know, messy painting. Yeah. Kelly calls and reminds Colin like, oh, don't forget she needs a nap and don't forget this and don't forget that. And he's like, I got it. No worries. Was that a cell phone? Was that a cell phone call? I think it was. It must have been because she calls him at at the, I know, all the technology in this episode. Yeah. So Erin then spills the paint everywhere. And then she starts talking about, I miss Kelly. I miss, I want my mom. I want my dad. And Mm -hmm. I think it's supposed to be like she's throwing a temper tantrum, but it's, it's very mild. It's yeah, it's mellow and it is confusing. Yeah, that's the word I would use to it describe. Is. Back in the courthouse, Donna is on the stand and she is asked, you know, where she was on Halloween. She walks them through what happened. She's asked, did Ray ever strike Joe? And she has to say no. So then Joe's lawyer, it's his turn to question her. <laughs> Donna's like trying to say, yeah, but you don't you don't understand yeah. all these things. And the judge has to remind her that, you know, you just have to answer the question. They just kind of painted themselves in the corner with this because, I mean, it had been so long of Ray just getting away with stuff that when Joe shows up and starts shoving him and, like, punching him in his little sideburns, you know, it's like, oh, finally, you know. But now it's when you think about what happened, it's like, yeah, Joe really did go ham on him, you know. <laughs> so I, I don't know. It's like they weren't planning this. I don't know. It's this whole thing, every development in this arc. I'm just like, what? <laughs> well, Joe gets, or Donna gets to tell what actually happened, which was that Joe was defending yeah. her. Yeah. And Ray asks, Ray's, sorry, Joe's lawyer asks her, is this the first time that Ray has hurt you? Which Ray's lawyer tries to object to, but they end up allowing it so that he can, you know, build a case of this is a a pattern. Right. right. And Donna says, no, it's not the first time. And that she was very scared. And if Joe hadn't been there, she didn't know what was going to happen. I feel like this is like the district attorney who's prosecuting this. And that's crazy by itself. But like, I feel like if if it was the district attorney looking at the the things around this case would be like, no way. I agree. No way are we bringing this to court. But here we are. Here we are. Here we are. It's a real law and order situation. Brandon and Steve are talking outside of the courthouse, so it must be on a break. Okay. And Brandon's like, man, that Joe, he's just a great guy. He He's right. not playing in the game, but he was at 6 a.m. 6 this morning. He was at practice yep. with his team. He is, he is wholesome. They're getting burritos, but then Brandon has to go back inside, so he gives his burrito to Steve, and Steve says, don't mind if I duty. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really... <laughs> yeah. Like, burritos make you poop. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right, I'll allow it. I mean, I'll that's what it. I that's what I thought the joke was. Maybe, maybe it was a poop joke. 
Back at the playground, now Colin has Aaron posing for a painting. Yeah. He's having her sit very still yeah. on the ground while he paints her. And he's like telling her about art. And yeah. she she sees what he painted, and it's more of a caricature. It doesn't really yeah. look like, like her. But she's like, that doesn't look like me. And then she drops her ice cream. <laughs> and this moment was funny acting-wise, because she drops her ice cream, and Colin says, well, when the truck comes back around, we'll get you some more. And she nods, like, okay. And then she, <laughs> there's a beat, and it's like she remembered that she was supposed to not be okay with it. Because oh, yeah. then she's like, no, I want some now. <laughs> right now. Right now. I thought that scene was kind of funny because it's like in the beginning when he's like painting Kelly and we thought it was going to be a spoof picture when she looked. Yeah. And, gonna be like, and this time it was. So there it you was. go. Yep. Little, little callback. Brandon calls Susan in the newsroom, I guess to, what's he going to do? Dictate like, to her? Update her. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what yeah. he's doing, but he it's learns that. News. He learns that the Associated Press wants his help writing this story because they haven't been able to get yeah. quotes from Joe. Yeah. So now Brandon is going to be writing a national, you know, a national yeah. story, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny when we had Deshaun on, and I feel like this is the only other athlete that we've had on was Deshaun. They spent to- so much time being like, he is. He is the basketball team for this college. Like everyone knows, everyone cares. He's the most important player that the college has. He's the only thing keeping us afloat. They sort of act that way about Joe, never having introduced those facts to begin with. Right. It's like suddenly people are all like, well, what are we going to do without Joe? The lankiest, tiniest quarterback in the world. Back in court, uh, now Joe is on the stand and Ray, the DA, is is questioning him and asking, well, you know, did you file a police report? Were there any, was there a, a medical report? Were yeah. there any injuries? And Joe has to say, no, Ray was the only person injured that <laughs> night. Yeah. Defense then calls Valerie to the stand. Kelly thinks this is interesting because usually the only person she helps is herself. That's Steve, true. Steve. Needs to pee at this point, if you're wondering how Steve's doing. (laughs) Yeah, he's got to pee. So Valerie gets on the stand, tells about what happened in Palm Springs, that she witnessed Ray pushing Donna down the stairs. And uh, there's no cross-examination of Valerie, I guess. So court recesses until 8 a.m. the next day. At the Walsh house, they're making food and celebrating Valerie's testimony because it should be... The nail in the coffin for Ray. Pretty good, yeah. Yep. Valerie is upstairs. She says she just needs a minute to herself before she comes down for dinner. Sure. Mm -hmm. And she kind of confronts Brandon about him and Kelly and says, you know, I know that you two slept together or whatever she says. And he doesn't deny it. Right. He just says, we've been friends for a long time. Let's keep it that way. Yeah, it was a real threat. And it's funny, too, because Valerie's posture in the last episode was kind of like giving Brandon and Kelly space. I just don't know what her game is. And maybe she doesn't either. I don't know. I don't know either. It seemed like she kind of, well, maybe that's just it. She kind of made sure that it was possible to happen and then came home early and kind of stumbled upon something and then immediately told Colin. So maybe that was the game plan all along, but that's not super clear. I really think she was just giving Brandon space. Like, I think she just wanted to stay at David's. 
Yeah. But then I think as soon as she saw Kelly and Brandon, she was like, well, now couldn't I have information it. to use against Couldn't people. help herself. Yeah. yeah. Couldn't help herself. Brandon meets up with Joe 6 a.m. at the gym to talk, you know, to get the quote that the yeah. Associated yeah. Press hasn't been able to get. Sure. Joe is icing his foot. He says he has a ligament that's going to need surgery in the off season. Joe says that everything happens for a reason and that it's mm-hmm. all going to work out. And Brandon's like, well, what if it doesn't work out? What are you going to do? And he's like, I play football, so it's going to work out. That's okay. all I do. Football is life. Yeah. Back in court, uh, Donna and her family arrive and Brandon tracks Ray down to talk to him. Yeah. This feels random to me. It does. Like, why would Brandon be the one? I know. I felt this. the same way. I felt the same way. And I actually kind of thought, because I didn't remember exactly how this shook out, but when Steve was like, I have to go to the bathroom, I thought Steve was going to get up and run into Ray. And I thought it was going to be Steve mm. who had a thing with him because they have had some moments. It's like Or Steve, David, I feel like, would have made David. more sense. That's what I was going to say. Steve or David are the ones that make the most sense to me. And that was another thing where, like, all this stuff about Ray and Valerie testifying and, like, Claire and David had a little scene together, but... Remember, they knew all this stuff about Ray and kept it to themselves this whole time. Mm-hmm. And there was never like, we should have told Donna right away. This wouldn't have happened. Like, they just don't acknowledge that at all. And I felt that was another missed opportunity there. Yeah, agreed. But, but I agree. I mean, Brandon, I guess, is sort of the moral compass of this show. Like, Lord help us. But <laughs> I think that's why. But I feel like Steve or David would have been a better choice. Yeah. David makes the most sense. I think David makes the most sense. But anyway, he tells... He tells Ray, you and I both know what actually happened. You were hurting Donna. He says, the longer you keep this up, the more you're abusing her, basically, because you're making her relive it all. And Ray is like, the DA is the one who filed it. It's out of my hands. There's nothing I can do about Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And Brandon's like, well, I mean, we know that's not true. You're the only person who can do something about it. Yeah. I don't think we've seen enough of Ray's struggle in this either. Especially if they're switching gears and trying to force him out. Like they could have at the very least had him be really like have his mom be pushing this or something, you know, yeah. just have, be some kind of struggle, but it's just like, he's been awful, 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 awful. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's where we're up to. Yeah. Still awful. <laughs> Back inside the court, they are recalling Donna to the stand. She thought she was done. Um, but Ooh. now they are recalling her to the stand. Yeah. And the DA has her look at her medical report from when she fell in Palm Springs and what she said the reasoning written down on it was. And Donna has to say that she said that she fell. And the DA says, so you were lying on this form that you're not allowed to yeah. lie on. And she says, yes, I was trying to protect my boyfriend. It does feel like the way they kept describing this, it almost feels a little bit like a retcon to me about the stair incident, because I watched it really sharp this, the, when we watched it, you know, this time around. And I don't think it was his intention to push her down the stairs. Mm. And they keep saying he threw her down the stairs. Yeah. I, I didn't. Very different thing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. He's like 100% was being abusive. Not no question there. But he I think he just kind of shoved her away and then stares. Yeah. But the way they told it and the way they seemed to be treating it was like he just like picked her up and just like <laughs> tossed her down the yeah. stairs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like they just can't decide how villainous they want him to be. And even right up until the end, we just can't decide. So blah. So this obviously kind of ruins Valerie's testimony that they gave. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, outside of the courthouse, the reporters are all over Joe and Donna and they finally get to a room by themselves. And she says, you know, I lied for him, but I didn't lie for you. I should have yeah. lied for you. And then we wouldn't right. be in this predicament. And he says, like everything else in life, the truth has its price. At the Peach Pit, Colin and Valerie run into each other. And Valerie says, you know, it's so great that you're watching Aaron for Kelly, considering. Considering. Yep. Yep. Considering what? Considering what, Valerie? Tell me. <laughs> so back at Kelly Donna Claire's, Kelly is, uh, they're filling up the bath, giving, getting ready to give Aaron a bath. And Colin comes home, so she leaves Aaron in the bathroom and goes to see Colin. And he confronts her and says, you know, Valerie said he saw you wearing nothing but Brandon's shirt. What the heck were you doing? And she says, nothing happened. I don't care if you believe me. You know, believe what you want. So then she goes back into the bathroom and Aaron has fallen into the tub and is not breathing. So then Colin comes in and gives her mouth to mouth while Kelly calls an ambulance and he is able to revive Aaron. Yeah, again, really awkward scene because she's like eyes open, very alert as they pick her up. She's like moving around and they go for like a mouth to mouth situation. I don't know why they showed it at all. Like, I don't know why they, I, there are angles where they could have, and it was just a really weird. For me, the worst angle was when Kelly gets her out of the tub and then passes yeah. her to Colin. You can definitely yeah. tell she's awake. She yeah. does a better job when during the mouth to mouth, like her eyes are closed yeah. at least. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was. Yeah. And again, I don't really understand the point of this scene. Like, was it just to add some more drama? Was it to show that Colin is more capable than we thought he was? I don't know. I don't, I know, don't either. know. Because it'd be one thing if like Kelly was mad at him and then this happened, but she like, she was still the bad guy here and he's just kind of like whatever if you love me that's all i need to know it doesn't it doesn't really hold water <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh kendra we like to joke but you yeah, know i don't uh, i don't i don't really get it either and it was super awkward it so, was it was a lot of weird choices being made at the condor brandon has uh you know he's finishing his portion of the article he's writing or whatever and susan is very proud of him that he's got his first nationally syndicated story and she says you're just so great brandon you're honest and whatever so that makes him feel bad and he tells her that kelly spent the night at his house on thanksgiving but that terrible nothing lead happened in. terrible leading yeah <laughs> yeah so susan obviously upset sure. um she you know she's like how am i supposed to trust you and ultimately, she says she doesn't believe him, that nothing yeah. happened. Yeah. Which she's right. They did think she about is, it. She is right. She is right. And, like, I just can't. 
like, oh, it's too far to drive. Like, what is it, five minutes? What yeah. are we talking about? You guys you know? drive and, to each other's houses all the time. All, and also, like, you went over there for a late-night movie marathon. You know what I mean? It's not like everybody was there and your car, like, had a flat tire or something <laughs> like that. You, like, you went there to have, like, a cuddly movie I wish they had there. actually done that. Like, I wish her car wouldn't start or yeah. something. That yeah. would have made it more plausible. Yeah, it would have. It really would have. Yeah, because here, it's like, they. I mean, they do kind of get away with it, but they still made a pretty yeah. not cool not respectful to their significant other kind of decision here. Yeah. Back at Kelly Donna Claire's, Aaron is now sleeping. You know, Kelly's like, if it wasn't for you, what would have happened? And he says, well, if I hadn't been here arguing with you, you would have been with her in the bathroom and it would have been fine anyway. Right. Yeah. Kelly says again, nothing happened between her and Brandon. And he says, you know what? Do you love me? That's all I need. All is forgiven. I hate to keep harping on the hooker stuff but it was like two episodes ago that kelly found out that he'd been having an ongoing sexual relationship with his art dealer and that was just uh well you better not and so for him to like fly off the handle like this and for that not to get any sort of like well, this is a double standard again weird i thought weird. the same thing during this scene i was like yeah. does he really have a leg to stand on no here? no <laughs> At all? No. I mean, he baked, he uh, painted her a, a cake picture, and yeah, it's supposed to be it. okay. Yeah. All right. Next day at the courthouse, Kelly confronts Valerie as they're walking <laughs> in, <laughs> and she's like, "I know you, you know, I know you don't like me, but why would you do this to Brandon? Like, what is wrong with you?" <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And she tells Valerie, "You know, your insidious little personality to just." personality disorder is going to get you into trouble and i hope great i'm line. around to enjoy it <laughs> great line great line yep i don't think it makes sense that valerie would do this because i feel like she's been trying to get back onto kelly's good side i don't get it either after I, everything I, that's happened i is it just colin is it just that she's interested in colin but like she's with is David. she i don't know that's what i'm saying i don't know i don't get I don't get what she I don't gets think out of they this know at either. all. I don't think unless she just know. wants trouble, you know, like trouble for trouble's sake. But that just <laughs> this one, I don't know. I, there's been times before when I'm like, but why though? Why Val? And this is one to the extreme where I'm just like, this gets you nothing. Yeah, this gets you nothing except for the people you like being mad at you. Mm -hmm. You know, and like Kelly's going to get away with it. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. I just. All right, inside the courthouse or courtroom, it is Ray's turn to testify. Yeah. And they ask, did you ever hurt Donna? And he says, no. And then he says, not intentionally. Right. The DA then tries to stop yeah, him from like, talking. Like, objection, um, my client's ruining the case. <laughs> he then says, if I ever hurt her, it was because I loved her. Mm. <laughs> That was a real, yeah, yeah. He didn't because he didn't say like I was a. It was out of fear of losing her or or, you know, it was just like if I hurt loved her, and that's just such a damaging thing to say. And they don't seem to realize that. Yeah, you know, I thought that was so odd. Yeah. So basically, Ray admits to hurting Donna. Says yeah, that Joe's telling yeah. the truth. Yep. Charges are dropped. Instant dismissal right there. Yep. yep. Instant yep. dismissal. So, you know, everyone's all happy. And as they're leaving, the DA then approaches Donna and is like, hey, you want this guy in jail for six months? Like, here's my card. 
let's let's prosecute yeah. him. <laughs> yep. But outside the courtroom, Donna talks to Ray and says that she wants to make a deal in basically in exchange for not sending him to jail. She wants him to yeah. stay in therapy and make his next relationship a good one. Therapy is working so well for him. It really is. Saying, so. It really is. Yeah, it's just like a night and day difference. Yep. At the Walsh house, Brandon is finished, you know, still working on his article, finishing writing for the day. Valerie tells him that she told Colin about Thanksgiving. And Brandon forgives her very quickly. She he says, does. I and know Valerie... I'm a gossip, but I don't mean it. And he's like, well, don't yeah, do it again. That's not even the thing. She's not a gossip. You know, like, that's not gossip. That's like, I'm trying. It's to manipulating. It yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's a lot worse than that. And he's like, I can't stay mad at you. You rascal. So then Ray arrives to tell Brandon, thank you for yeah. talking to him, talking him down, I guess. He says, I've wanted to tell the truth for a long time. And now I finally did. And Brandon's like, no one's going to forget what you did in there today, Ray. Great job. <laughs> I won't let him. He says, I, I won't, won't let, let them. Him. I thought he was going to say, nobody's going to forget what you did to Donna. Yeah. But like, but maybe you can, sh you know, best foot forward and have some kind of redemption. But no, he was just like, all that matters was that you abused her, dragged her through a court trial, almost ruined Joe's career. And at the end, chickened out. God bless you. He's so brave. He, is, he was so brave to say, if so I ever brave. hurt her, it was because I loved her. I loved her. Yeah. yeah. What a stupid scene. It is a stupid scene. It's it like they were just scene. trying to like redeem him a little right at the end. I guess, yeah. I feel terrible for Jamie Walters as an actor. I yeah. mean, what a terrible experience this must have been. And I know... Like it plagued him for a long time. People like just assuming that he's really Ray Pruitt and is really like tossing Tori Spelling downstairs, you know? Yeah. And it kind of just like ruined his life. And it was handled so poorly, just so poorly. And even with the last minute, like decree from on high, as this article states, the lead up to it, it was also nonsense because they just couldn't pick a lane. It's like one episode, they introduced that concept of like, he was an abused child and he's like, that's all he knows. And like, that's a worthwhile storyline to tell and to see him work through that, I think would have been interesting if they could do it, like it would have been valuable, mm -hmm. but they didn't, but you're right. They try to kind of like have the best of both worlds. Yeah. He's the worst. He's horrible. And now he's gone, but he's a sweetheart. <laughs> well, a sweetheart. he's hitting the road. He's, you know, going to play his music on the road again. Good. So yeah. he and Brandon have a goodbye and he says, they tell do. Donna that I loved her and I'm sorry and I'll never bother her again. Yeah, <laughs> he laughs about it. I'll never bother her again. <laughs> we have fun. Let me ask you this. Did you think that this was a better goodbye with Brandon than Dylan got? Because <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I feel like absolutely yes. Because Brandon basically was like, I love you, man. I, I don't know. I, I thought it was a much better exit in some ways than Dylan got. And I thought it was weird. Yeah. Which, again, weird for it to be Brandon. Had it been David or Steve, that would have been a nice little thing. But Brandon, who up to this point has never spoken to Ray. <laughs> I know. That's other, what I was thinking. I was like, these than, two aren't close. No. Shooting shooting the porn in the Walsh house when Ray was fun for one episode, yeah. I think, was the only time I remember them actually interacting, like legitimately interacting. Yeah. So 
Yeah, didn't like it. Didn't like it. All right, the last scene is the Rose Queen announcements. Everyone is is waiting for the the court to come out. Um, Susan tells Brandon that she overreacted. All is forgiven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Brandon mm-hmm. just gets away with it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, and like, no, you didn't overreact. No, I think not at all. Right. Like everything she said was right. She should still have been mad at him, but willing to move forward. But yeah. she's kind of like, oh, I lost my head. I'm a lady. <laughs> <laughs> so the Rose Court arrives and they announce that the 107th Rose Queen is Lisa Dixon, which I like that. I liked it, too. I was like, don't make it Tori Spelling. That would I be know. or Donna. Sorry. Yeah. Don't make it Donna. That would be just like, oh, of course it's Donna because yeah. she's in the show. I yeah. thought it made more sense for it to be Lisa. I did too. I don't know why we did the whole Rose Court storyline, but, <laughs> but I'm glad it was Lisa, I guess. I also noticed that for a, a show in the 90s with an all white cast, the Rose yeah. Court itself was pretty diverse. Oh, that's a good point. There huh. were... Uh, it yeah. was not just, you know, all women that look like Donna, white and blonde. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I, I thought that True. was interesting. Yeah. And the diversity, the lack of diversity in the show is just so jarring <laughs> because Tembi Locke as Lisa, I think I think um, Mrs. Teasley is the most prominent black actress on the show. And mm-hmm. second place is is Tembi Locke mm-hmm. as Lisa. And it's like a few episodes for a character are crazy, yeah. crazy that they would do that. Even then, I just don't. I don't get it. So as everyone is congratulating Donna, even though she isn't the queen, Brandon is typing at his laptop and we hear his voiceover talking about how Joe learned that victory isn't always measured by the points or or the crown. It's measured by what's in your heart. It's never, ever, ever a good idea to build up somebody's skill in something and have them do it. Like Shannon Doherty. Like she's the, Brenda's the most amazing actress ever. And then have her act a scene that's supposed to demonstrate that. And she can't do it. Yeah. And I feel like it's the same thing here. Brandon's supposed to be this amazing, like analytical mind, great reporter. And the, the dialogue is just kind of like, well, all's well that ends well for <laughs> Joe Bradley. I know it's the, it's the cheesiest ending. It it's terrible. <laughs> it's an awful article. Yeah. All right. Well, that's the episode. I, don't I didn't like I don't it. Know. There was I didn't like it either. There was too there was just too much that yeah. didn't make sense and that was stupid and I don't know. I mean, I'm glad we're done with Ray finally. Yeah. But the way we got there, you know, at what cost? <laughs> I think I learned like on this on this cycle of watching it through. I think I appreciate Jamie Walters and I more than I have in the past and like us talking about it so in detail really forces you to kind of look at the writing and the structure and the character arcs that he went through. And it just makes no sense. And every time he was giving a chance to be pleasant or fun or fit in with the ensemble, he absolutely did it and does. So I don't know why, I don't know why they locked this character in the way they did it and why they devoted so much time to it. And I guess it was just, you know, this directive that kind of made him go away. But even so, I would have liked to see it the other way, like have Donna like, press charges against him yeah you know and then maybe she decides to drop the charges and he you know this is like a real harrowing experience for him but no he's just like i guess i just have trouble buying that from the ray character we know too that he would do such a slimy thing as to like press charges against joe that yeah his character has been all over the place yeah it doesn't make any sense all over the place because when we first met him 
he was kind of the Joe. Like he was rescuing Donna from a toxic relationship yeah, right. with that frat guy. Right. So yeah, he's he's been Yeah. He's had all sorts of motivations. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, not Jamie Walter's fault. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Do you have a nine oh two and oh snap? I didn't really uh, block anything this time. No, not in particular. All right. I hate when it's a dud. Then we get to this point and it's just kinda like mm. I know. Yeah. At the very least, I, I didn't enjoy the Rose Court story and I've hated the the Ray stuff. So Well, it's over whatever. now. Let's go forward. Let's go forward. I don't really remember that. I know some things that are coming down the road, but I don't remember the immediate next step. It's still weird that nobody said the name Tony since uh since <laughs> I know. Just gone. No gone response. and forgotten, Nothing. I guess. <laughs> Nothing. So yeah, weird. Well, well, Nick, we have a real fun episode next week. So, uh, yeah, because uh, next week is Shark Week. It is. So we're going to be doing a little Shark bit of a Week. Ooh ha ha! Woo! I don't know why this became a thing that we celebrate <laughs> Shark Week on this. I guess just because Ian Ziering, he gave us the in. <laughs> I guess, but we're crossing over with this Andorian life. Steve Rudd from that show is going to join us, and we're going to uh, take a look at Sharknado Two, which I've never seen. Have you seen it? I have not. Okay. I've only seen the first one. So, yeah, that'll be our episode next week. After that, back on season six, episode 14, Fortunate Son. Excellent. Like the okay. song. Yeah. I love that I guess song. So. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Just like the song. Just like the song. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm also uh, the the co the host of House Things for the David A. Howe Public Library. You can catch that every other week. SoundCloud.com slash all the books or wherever you get your podcast. Recently interviewed uh, an author named Dylan Newton. Uh, and we had a great time. So go check out How's Things. What about you, Kendra? Where are you? I am Miss MissMeesBucks91 on Twitter. And I am the co-host of the podcast 90s Music Got Me Like, where each week we look at a different 90s song. Most recently, we looked at That's the Impression That I Get by the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. Okay. All right. It's a good time. I'm I'm available for a new Kids on the Block episode. All right, we've, we've got you down. We'll 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 I'm give saying. you a call when okay when okay. we have an opening. <laughs> well, then nine zero two one. Here we go. Hey.